Welcome to Highlawn Baptist Church in St. Albans, West Virginia, where our mission is to know Christ and to make Christ known. For more information, visit us online at highlawnbaptistchurch.org. We're so glad you've decided to join us, and now we invite you to grab your Bible, if you're able, as we pray that you will be blessed by the preaching of the truth of God's Word today. I know that I've already introduced them once, but it's encouraging. We're all called to be missionaries in one way, shape, or form. It might be to the neighbor across the street. It could be to the person at Kroger's or Kmart. It could be uh, just someone who has lost a sense of hope, the, the hope that only God can provide. We are a priesthood of all believers. But as the local church comes together, we come to equip and supply for those who have been called into special ministries as well, those who answer the voice of God when he speaks to their heart, requesting that they send a message of mercy to a people across the world. For a decade, you have helped to supply the Myers family, and they have come today to both give us an update and a word of encouragement as we seek to be an encouragement to them. So once again, as they come to the pulpit, would you please welcome uh, Keith and Debbie Myers. Buenos dias. Oh, no, good morning. <laughs> Thank you for uh, allowing us to come and just share what the Lord's laid upon our heart and, and uh, the opportunity to share what, what God's doing in Mexico uh, and how he's just invited us to join him in that work that he's already started. And that's the same for us, right? Uh, we know that outside of these walls that God is at work. Um, he never rests. Uh, and he's inviting you to join him in a work he's already doing. Uh, he's not waiting on you to get there to say, oh, they've arrived, I can start working now. Uh, but yet he is at work all around us, inviting each one of us into a relationship with him and into uh, a, um, a relationship that says that uh, I will spread the word of who Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ is. And as we begin this morning, I first want to uh, bring you greetings uh, from our brothers and sisters in Mexico, uh, from our organization that has invited us to uh, be there with them. They're called CSEM. I'll talk to you a little bit about them later. Um, but they send their board of directors in each of the churches. They send their love and their regards uh, to each one of you, uh, their brothers and sisters here in uh, the U.S., uh, as well as our brothers and sisters in the Baptist Seminary in Mexico City. Uh, they send their greetings uh, to you also. Uh, this morning, I want to start with um, the Word of God uh, and bathing our time in the Scripture. And you can go on to the next slide. Uh, this Scripture is a Scripture we have labeled as the Great Commission. It is one that each of you, I'm sure, have heard plenty of sermons preached about and taught on. Uh, and there, the, the thing that I love about this Scripture is we not only get a challenge in the Scripture uh, from Jesus himself, but we also get a, a promise uh, that we find in there. And so this morning, we'll just take our time and just bathe it in the scripture. Uh, and hopefully each day as you begin your day, uh, you begin your day in the word of God uh, to take and, and not necessarily just to look for answers, but just to have that that scripture permeate throughout you uh, throughout the throughout the day. In the word of God, in, in Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20, 
Uh, these are some of the last words of Jesus. He speaks to his disciples and those that are around him. Uh, these are people that know of Jesus. They have walked with him. He has taught them. Uh, and these words are timeless words, meaning that as they were spoken in that time from the mouth of Jesus, they still carry as much weight today as what they did then. Uh, and tomorrow they will carry the same amount of weight. And the word of God, the promise that we get from it is as you hear it this morning, it doesn't land on the floor. It doesn't land on the ceiling or the walls, uh, but it actually goes into the heart of his people. Uh, and we know that as the word is spoken out, that it doesn't return void, uh, but that it lands somewhere. It lands unto our bones. It, it goes down into the marrow, into the thickness. It, it permeates in into that. And so as we hear the scripture this morning, uh, whether you like it or not, it's going to stick on you uh, because the Holy Spirit is at work and uh, he's uh, here today in inviting us to hear uh, the, the inspired word of God. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. Father God, you are good, you are faithful, and you are just. And we thank you, Lord, that uh, we have your word. Uh, Lord, we have your word that is just has so many promises throughout it. Uh, Lord, the word that, that uh, gives us encouragement, gives us hope, it instructs us, Lord, uh, on how to be your people because we, we bear your name. Uh, we, we are called by your name, which has purpose. Uh, we are called uh, by, by your name, Lord, which just uh, invokes us to change. Uh, Lord, it, it challenges us in ways, Lord, to uh, look to be transformed uh, by the renewing of, of our minds each and every day as we open up your word, Lord. Uh, Lord, we know that you are at work around us, Lord. We uh, just give you glory and honor, Lord, because you are our God. Uh, we are your people. We are your children. We're called by your name. And Lord, we just ask this morning, as your word has been spoken, uh, that it would hit where it needs to hit and challenge where it needs to challenge, Lord, uh, in, in ways that are real and, and, and active to us, Lord, as your people. Uh, we love you. Uh, we desperately need you. We need you, Lord, in our homes. We need you, Lord, in our workplaces, in our communities, our schools, uh, our government, uh, throughout the world, Lord. And we thank you for the love that you've demonstrated to us in so many different ways. And we just give you glory and honor this morning. In your name, Jesus, we pray. And amen. As Jesus spoke these words, I'm reminded of a commercial back in the early 80s. Uh, some of you might remember this commercial, uh, and I'll see if you're my people or not if you remember this commercial. Uh, but there was a, a guy, he would get up in the morning, and he had this saying that he would say as he would wake up dark real early in the morning. And he would make his way down to make his coffee, and he had this saying that he would continue to say. And he would go, and he'd get, his car, get in his car, and he had this saying. He'd get to work, and he had this saying. And his saying was, it's time to make the... You are my people. So, yes, <laughs> it's time to make the donuts. And, and that guy, that was what he woke up thinking about, right? And that was the idea of the commercial, that this guy, that was, it's time to make the donuts, time to make donuts. As, as believers in Jesus Christ, hopefully that is our thinking. Not it's time to make the donuts, but that it's time to make the disciples. Uh, that when I read the Word of God or that you read the Word of God, it's the idea that it's time, uh, it's time, we as the people of God, that we have the attitude that it is time to make 
the disciples. And this is Jesus, Jesus is saying to his disciples at this time, go and take, take the, the smallest, biggest word in the Bible, go, uh, and, and, and go into your communities. Go as you go into your communities, as you go into your workplaces, as you go into your school, make disciples. Um, there's not some special recipe you go and you've got it, you got to pull a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this. It's as you're going through your life, make disciples. Don't wait until you have the answers. He doesn't say get all, get all your ducks in a row and get all the answers together and then go make disciples. He said, no, what I've taught you, why is church so important to us? Why is hearing the word of God so important? Why is being taught the word of God so important? It is because this is what we're taking when Jesus says to go and teach them, you got to have something to teach. You got to have something you've put into you in order to give out. And so we trust God in this promise that he gives, not only the, the, the challenge that he gives to go, but he says, as you go, by the way, I'm with you. I don't leave you. I don't forsake you. I don't forget you. I am with you and I will give you the words to go. And God has called each of us to that challenge today to go and make disciples. What that looks like for you, I have no idea because we don't know each other in that way. Um, but you know your community, you know possibly uh, exact people that God is calling you to go and to make disciples of. Uh, on the next slide is just a picture of our family. Uh, Deb and I, I'll just share a little bit about uh, us personally. Uh, we've been married for a little over 28 years now. Uh, we're both originally from West Virginia. Uh, I grew up in uh, the Fairmont area, right outside of Fairmont, a little town called uh, Worthington. And uh, Deb grew up in uh, Jane Lou. Uh, she's a Jane Lou girl. And uh, we met at Fairmont State University uh, many, many years ago, 30 plus years ago we met. And um, we have two kids. Uh, they're not really kids. I mean, they'll always be kids, right? <laughs> but uh, we have a son and a daughter. Uh, they're there in the picture. Our, our son, Boyden, he'll be 25 this year. Uh, we still can't figure out how that's happened. You know, Deb says she's still 26, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, our daughter, uh, Bailey, she lives in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, she's 23 years old. Uh, they were on the mission field with us for uh, throughout their high school years uh, and, and part of their uh, eighth grade year. Bailey was with us at, at, at that time. But they both love the Lord, and uh, we're, we're grateful for them and, and proud of the uh, uh, people that they, their young people that they're becoming in their lives. Uh, Deb and I have been with International Ministries for a little over 11 years now. Uh, and, and as Pastor mentioned, uh, you all have been supporting this ministry. We looked as we were driving down uh, since February of 2012. Uh, so for 11 years, actually, uh, that you all have been supporting this ministry financially and prayerfully, and we are we are grateful uh, for that. Uh, but Deb and I, we, the, the ministry that we do is with an organization, you'll see on the next slide, is with an organization called CSEM. Uh, it stands for the Council of Rural Indigenous Evangelical Churches of Mexico. Uh, so it's just a whole lot easier to say CSEM. Uh, they are our partner. Each one, of, we're, we're missionaries with international ministries, and each one of the missionaries, we serve in over 70 countries as an organization. Each one of those, <clears throat> each one of those uh, uh, missionaries have received an invitation to come and join something that's already set up. Um, we don't just go and show up and just say, uh, we're going to come, come here and just show up. We get invited by an organization that is already set up, and this organization for us happens to be CSEM. It spans the it's made up of 35 different churches. Uh, so if you just think like West Virginia American Baptist, but just think on a smaller scale. Um, 
and it spans the bottom four states of Mexico. So on the next slide, you can see there that blue state, that's the most southern state in Mexico. Uh, it is called Chiapas. And if you work up the uh, coast there on the west side, uh, you'll come to a state called Oaxaca, and then into the purple part is this, the state of Puebla, and then just northeast or northwest of that is the state of Mexico. Uh, that's where Mexico City is. Mexico City is not the capital of Mexico. Uh, it is like the or of the state of Mexico. It is actually like the the Washington D.C. of Mexico. Uh, so it's like a federal district. Uh, is, is what you will find. Uh, Territory-wise, where Deb and I work in those four states is about like from here to Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, so that's the territory that we cover within those 35, 35 state or 35 churches. You can go back to the next or on the next slide. It's also made up of six different cultures. So, for example, when I ask folks, usually, you know, what language do they speak in Mexico? Typically, the response is going to be. Spanish, right? Uh, and, and you're right, that is the language, that's the national language there. However, Spanish is like the new thing in Mexico. Uh, there are actually 66 different languages throughout Mexico. Uh, it, it is very rich in culture, rich and diverse. These aren't like uh, dialects of Spanish. These languages existed long before the Spaniards got there. Uh, and Deb and I, we work with six different cultures and six different languages within that. Those languages are pronounced Totonaco, Seital, Sotzil, Ingiva, Mixteca, and Nahuatl. Nahuatl's the original language. It's what the Mayans spoke. It's the original language of Mexico. It's the oldest language there. Um, and then when we do our teaching or when we do our preaching, any of those types of things, we do it all in Spanish. And then we have translators who translates who translate into those particular languages if if need be. Uh, the board of directors, Deb and I do not serve on the board of directors. We are just advisors to the board. We're in no leadership position within churches or anything of that nature. We are just advisors. Uh, it is, it's the idea that we empower the leaders, and the leaders are the ones who empower the people who invoke the change within their community. Uh, the reason for that is Deb and I are not Mexican, of course. And so what you want to do is you want to work with your leaders, and the leaders are the ones that can go, and they're the ones who know how to take what we teach and fit it within their cultural context. It would be like someone coming from California to try and teach West Virginians about hospitality. Uh, you know, that's just not going to work. So you, you would come and you would train the leaders on a biblical view of that, and then the leaders would make that fit within your cultural uh, context. And uh, so each one of our board members, there's uh, six members on the board, and then we have one woman representative, and each one of those represents uh, one, of our, one of our cultures. The reason that CSEM exists on the next slide is basically for um, uh, leadership development. Uh, leadership development for our pastor, pastoral leadership, for our women's ministries, youth ministries, children's ministries, and equipping our teachers. Um, in far as what Deb and I primarily put our attention and focus towards uh, is pastoral leadership development and um, uh, the, the women's ministry. Uh, 
Now, we also do within the youth ministry and the children's ministries and the equipping teachers, we do some with that, um, but primarily our focus is working with the pastors and the women's, the, the women's ministries. The reason that that exists, the reason CSEMS came into existence, is because these are indigenous churches, and what that means is basically just country folk. Um, so it, it's people that are our, our communities are hours apart from each other, and they're in the deeper parts of Mexico, so they're not in the city part. So they can't come into the city and get the training or anything through the seminaries. And so what Deb and I do is we go out and we equip the pastors theologically. We equip them with uh, encouragement uh, and just with different types of uh, uh, ministries. Within our pastoral ministries, what that looks like in everything that we do, we view through the lens of relationship. Uh, In the beginning, God created Adam and Eve, and he created them for relationship. First, a relationship with him. We know of that because we read that he came down in the cool of the evening and walked with them. There was a relationship between God and Adam and Eve. The other relationships that were created was a relationship between Adam that he had with himself, Eve had with herself. The word says that they were naked, they weren't ashamed, there was no body shaming, there was nothing of those those lines that existed. Uh, The third relationship was a relationship that Adam and Eve had with their community. They had a relationship with each other. And the fourth relationship that existed was a relationship between Adam and Eve and creation. They were given dominion over the land, power to name the animals, all of that stuff. Those four relationships are what we view everything through because those relationships became distorted when sin came into the world. And so Deb and I, we train our pastors within those relationships. One of the things that we train them in is we ask them to work on their relationship with God and that personal relationship that they have. And this is something that translates to us because it, it, it comes straight from the Word of God. God is inviting you and I into a relationship with Him. And one of the questions that we get asked, I was a pastor for, at Worthington Baptist for eight years uh, before we went into the mission field. And one of the questions that our youth would ask a lot is, how do I know God's will in my life for me? And so one of the things we challenge our pastors with is to say, okay, take a journal and three times a day, just jot down where you see God at work. Maybe you see him in nature. Maybe you see him in a relationship with your friends or your family or something your kid did or something your, your wife did or your son or your, you know, something like that. Jot down three times a day where you see God. And after three times, you do that for seven days, you have 21 God sightings in your life. When you have 21 God sightings, if you do that for a month, you're going to have 90 God sightings. After 90 90 God sightings, what you will see is you will see a pattern that looks like an invitation because you'll see where God's working around you and where he's inviting you into that work. So we challenge our pastors to do that and then come back to us and say, where did you see God at work? Pastor Beto from Songo Sotla, he comes back one night and he tells us, I want to share with you where I saw God in my five-year-old son. David. Uh, David's a five-year-old, his five-year-old son, and they were walking to school one day, and as they were walking to school, David took a sweet out of his pocket like a hardtack candy, took the wrapper, put the candy in his mouth, and threw the wrapper on the ground. And Beto said, oh, David, the owner doesn't like it when you do that. And David was like, well, who's the owner? And he said, well, God's the owner. And Beto said, David's eyes got like this big, and he ran back, and he grabbed the paper, and he put it into his pocket. And the reason I love to share that story is because it's a perfect example of how we empower the leaders and the leaders are one that are invoking change because now you have a five-year-old evangelist who's going to say when he sees his buddy throw paper on the ground, hey, the owner doesn't like it when you do that. And that's sometimes how simple it is to go and make disciples. And Deb's going to come up and share with the, the view within that within our women's ministry. Good morning. 
I can't believe when Pastor said we've been, you know, um, what, this is the second time we've been here? That's that's crazy to me because we've been doing ministry together for all of these years. And um, it, I guess it's just the nature of, of, of it because it seems like we're, we're always in West Virginia. But I think it's because you guys pray. You're, you pray, right? We're a praying church. Amen. And so it, this is beautiful um, that we get to see your faces this morning because when we are in Mexico, it is imperative for us to see your faces when we shut our eyes because we know that the prayers of God's people are what carry us. And um, I just want to say thank you this morning for that. And um, our the women's ministry that we're Keith and I are privileged to do. Now, Keith and I, um, when we lived in the States, we had two separate jobs. He, he said that he was um, bivocational pastor. You know, our kids, they were younger, so they were in sports and different things. So we would separate at night and, you know, go do that, that type of thing, and then come back together, maybe eat supper together, and then go to bed. Well, when we went to um, uh, language school, we were in Costa Rica for a year learning Spanish. We were together 24-7, seven days a week, 90,000 days a year, and it has continued on. And in the beginning, it was very hard, but I cannot imagine doing ministry in life without my husband now. Because we get the privilege of going into the churches, like Keith said, and uh, working with our pastors and leaders of the churches and the women's ministry. Um, Keith and I, we both, we both teach and preach and um, But the most privileged thing that we get to do is love on people and allow them to love on us. And that's how we make disciples. Um, it's just about loving people where they are and where we are. And throughout um, our time that we've been there, the um, I... American Baptist women, um, in the beginning, whenever Keith and I got married, I was Methodist. I saw the light. No. Um, I just, he went to a Bap, the American Baptist Church in Worthington, and so I started going with him, and um, the women just took me under their wing and loved on me. And then I became um, AB Girls Coordinator for the state of West Virginia way back when, um, and then those ladies came alongside of me and loved on me. And so God just is allowing me to continue, because they discipled me, I get to disciple others. Um, and so it's been just a privilege to, to work with our women's ministries. And as we've been there in, um, in Mexico, we have realized that women about 50 and older, they do not usually speak Spanish. So they only speak their indigenous language. And so they were never taught to read the indigenous language. There are some Bible um, Bibles uh, printed in that language, but even the men usually when they they don't read it, um, it mostly it's just spoken languages, and so there has been um, just like with our pastors and the leadership of the churches, we we've noticed that there's not a lot of cultivating that personal relationship by opening up the Word of God within our women's ministry, and if you can't read. If you're illiterate, then you, you don't know what the word says. We have to rely on other people. But the younger women, 30 and younger, they um, have had the opportunity to learn Spanish. They're fluent in Spanish, and they can read and write, and they speak their indigenous language. So what we've started doing over the years is formulating small groups within our each one of our churches 
um, we pair up a couple of older women with a couple younger women. And so they are able to open up the word of God and discuss um, what it's saying. Because we have the older women, they are bringing in, they've walked with Jesus all these years, that wisdom and discernment of how to live life in an indigenous community and as an indigenous person. And then the younger women, they are able to bring in that wisdom and discernment and um, and in their perspective and ability to read in Spanish. And so it's been a beautiful um, cultivation of relationships and discipling. The younger women are discipling the older, and the older women are discipling the younger. Sometimes we think of it as a linear just way, you know, I'm discipling this person, but oh my goodness, when we can open up and we build that trust then um, that communication comes back and forth, right? It, it's, it's the continuum on that. And um, so as Keith was saying that we have 35 churches and we cannot possibly get into every church um, all the time. So what we've started doing is building um, uh, small retreats for the leadership, women's leaders in each one of our churches. We have um, if you remember, six different zones. So we have about four, anywhere between four to six churches in each one of those areas. So we'll go in and we will um, put together a small retreat for these women. And everything that they learn during the weekend, usually starts on a Friday evening and goes through Sunday morning, um, everything that they learn, they get in a notebook and that they can take back into their church and uh, put it into action and disciple other women um, uh, along with, uh, with themselves. So one of our, um, our retreats on the, on the next slide, um, the, the theme of it was restoration through forgiveness. Now, we have just started these, um, and so this was our first experimental one. Have you guys ever experimented with something? You have no idea how it's going to work, right? And so as we were preparing for this, um, I wanted, I love giving gifts, and so I wanted something to give to each one of these ladies who were coming to this retreat. We had it in our house in Puebla, and some of these women had to travel um, pretty far away, um, like seven, eight hours to get to our house. And um, I wanted to to give them a little gift, and um, this gift was called Talavera. It is hand-made uh, pottery that um, is made in our city in Puebla, the only place in the world where it's made, but then they ship it out all over. And um, because each piece is unique, and we are individually created and uniquely created, amen, in the image of God. And so... Um, that was my idea to give them that, and we would have a devotion on that. But the week prior to, I felt as I was praying, because restoration, um, in restoration, why we need to be restored is because something's cracked, something's broken in us. And so we are restored through the blood of Jesus Christ. And then we have this, this um, after our salvation, we have all this life to live, and we work this out. And God was like, I felt like he was in prayer. That he was like, Deb, put each one of those cups in an individual bag and break it. And I'm like, oh, I can't do that. These are gorgeous. These are beautiful. What? They're not going to be of any use. And so in my obedience and non-obedience, you know, I'm wrestling with this all week. Um, I break 
the, each one of these individual cups. Do you know how hard it is to break something that is beautiful? But we do that sometimes to other people. We break them. Or we are broken in one way or another. And so the whole weekend was about asking God to reveal to us where we are broken, where we have not given forgiveness, because so many times we blame God for things, we blame other people, we blame ourselves. And it's working through those four different relationships that Keith was talking about. And um, as we were going through the weekend, the idea is these ladies, they would get um, a broken mug, you could imagine the faces whenever I gave them broken mugs, like, here's your gifts, like, thanks for nothing, Edamana Deb, you know. Um, but then as I got to talking and telling them what we were, the idea um, is that we would put together, we would piece them back together. And so we had glue on the table with some gold in it. Um, and as we were putting it together, our, our mugs, some women had three, four pieces, which is pretty simple, you know, to put back together, but some had like 10 or 12 pieces. And so that was a little bit harder. And what transpired, I didn't even see this coming, is the other women, they came around and started helping these women put back together their mugs. And this is what God does for us. He gives us family, right, all around us to walk with us in our brokenness and to help us um, to grow. And as we, um, as the ladies left, there was lots of tears and, and laughter throughout the weekend, um, but a lot of growth. And there was a lot of trust that was built. And so then through, when Keith and I, when we were coming back to the United States last year in April, we went out to one of our communities and we were talking to um, one of our friends, Josefa. And she said, Hermana Deb, she goes, as I was um, throughout COVID, she said, um, a lot of times we didn't know when we were going to be able to get food because they live in a city, a little town of 200 people, and it was closed off. And she said, but my mug sat on my countertop. And she said, I would remember that weekend and remember that God was restoring us. He was restoring his earth and his people to something better, even if we couldn't see what it was at that time. And so you all are a part of that, and I just want to thank you. On the next slide, um, it's just a, of course, this is, a, this is a, a slide we share with all, all the people that we visit, an invitation to partner with us. You all are already doing that, and again, we want to say thank you for that. Uh, but we also want to, uh, you know, we have churches that support us financially and prayerfully. We also have individual families, Sunday school groups, youth groups uh, who support us individually also. And so uh, we would ask that you would prayerfully consider our funding. We're 100% funded by our churches. Uh, we, we don't receive, like any international ministries doesn't do that for us. We, we are responsible to go out and to uh, raise our support. And right now we're, we're functioning within our budget numbers around 94%. And so what we're looking for is maybe possibly some individuals who would support us financially monthly. That's entirely up to you. I'll just, I'll put the need out there and then God can work on your heart with that. Uh, we have prayer cards. Uh, you can grab one of our prayer cards and, uh, uh, go to the back and it shows you how you can, how you can do that. Uh, we also have on the next slide, the next one, uh, we have a QR code. 
to where you can just click that QR code. It'll take you to that that uh, giving page uh, as well. And so just something to prayerfully consider as individuals uh, or as families or Sunday school groups or, or youth groups or, or what have you. And then finally, we'd like you to stay connected to the ministry and a couple of different ways that you can personally stay connected, stay connected as a church, uh, is we have a Myers Mission uh, Mexico Facebook page. You can go and like that page and try to, update. when we're in the field, I update it a lot more than I do when we're on home assignment, but it gets updated about twice a month uh, when we're in the field. Uh, or uh, you can come and see what we're doing in Mexico. We accept teams. Uh, and so if you want to know if you're qualified for that, if everybody will do this with me, you're qualified. All right. And uh, so uh, we want to invite you to come and to see what God's doing in Mexico. We do, uh, you know, pre-COVID, we did about five or six teams a year. Uh, right now we have three teams that are coming this summer already. And we have an intern who's coming this summer. Uh, and so we're super excited to get back into the field. I don't know if I, I know I mentioned the Sunday school group, but we do this uh, in five year terms. We do five, four years in country and then one year on home assignment. And that's where we're at right now is on our, our one year home assignment. We'll head back to Mexico at the end of April. Uh, so if you remember that in your prayers and you also can stay connected with Myers Mission in Mexico monthly prayer journal uh, that if you want to stay connected to that, just send me an email at keith.myersinternationalministries.org and um, say you want to be added to that list. And then about every six weeks that that goes out. Um, but the most important thing this morning uh, is always, is anytime the word of God's been shared, is the idea that God's working in us uh, through the Holy Spirit. He convicts us in ways that I have no way of convicting because I don't know your lives the way the Holy Spirit does. Uh, and he's working in you right now. And possibly he's inviting you into a relationship you've never accepted in Jesus Christ before. Uh, he's inviting you to a relationship through the shed blood of Jesus Christ into a, a relationship that's real, active, and life-changing. And so if God's working in you in that way, and, and it's the next step that you want to take in accepting Christ as your Savior to walk with, uh, your pastor will be glad to have conversations with you and uh, to, to how that, that works out in, in your life. But uh, Dev and I, again, we're completely blessed and grateful for this opportunity to, to share with you what God's doing in Mexico and to remind you that it is time to make the disciples. So let us pray. Father, you are good, and we thank you for our time together, Lord. Uh, Lord, we thank you that we are, have the freedom uh, to come into this building and to worship you, Lord, uh, to worship you in spirit and in truth. Uh, Lord, we thank you that we have your word to guide us. Uh, we thank you that we have the Holy Spirit to guide us uh, and that uh, he continues to work in each of us to invite us into a relationship. And, uh, Lord, we just ask as we go forth that we have the courage uh, to step into the places where you have called us. And uh, Lord, that you have the answers. Uh, we don't need those, Lord. Uh, we just need to have the faith and the courage to step into where you are working. And we give you glory and honor for it is about you and the advancement of your kingdom. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. And all God's people said, in the back on the communion supply table, um, there are two offering plates, of course. There's the, the one that's to the right next to where Albert is sitting there. That's for your regular tithes and offerings. But the one closest to the exit sign over there towards the wall um, is for collection to help support the Myers at the end of service today. 
Uh, so if you would please give as you feel led, and I also encourage you to please check them out on the web as well so that we can continue to support their ministry. Thank you for joining us at High Lawn Baptist Church. We pray that you were blessed by today's message. At High Lawn, we believe that when you love God, you share his word. When you love others, you spread the gospel. We would love for you to join us next time, and if possible, to join us in person, to contact or learn more about us, to donate to our ongoing ministry, or most importantly, to learn about the salvation offered to you through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Visit us at highlawnbaptistchurch.org. Once again, thank you, and God bless you.